Hello and welcome everyone to Chandra's Tale. Today I will narrate the life of a spoiled rich girl married to a cop in Memsab and the Thief. Memsab and the Thief Simran boomed the loud voice of her father, jerking her out of her reverie. She was lost in the black and white film songs of Esther years playing on the TV and was planning to tell mummy that she wanted a pair of earrings exactly like the ones worn by Madhubala in the film. She knew that her wish would be instantly granted. Daddy, her beloved father, was rolling in wealth and he was her hero. She was the eldest among the five and always felt that she was the special one. Didn't people come and tell her parents that Simran was so beautiful and fair that she would definitely be a beauty queen someday? Her younger sister Anitol was very dark and definitely fat. She looked more like a chubby little boy than a girl. The three brothers following them were all alike and he couldn't blame people who thought that Sardar Sukhvinder had triplets. They were born almost within a nine-month gap of each other, as if Harinder, their mother, wanted to prove to the world that she was good at producing sons as well. She had been heartbroken when Amitol turned out to be a girl, as everyone had predicted a son. Amitol was somehow always felt the rejection although it was never overt. Raju, Santa and Banta had always followed their mother around like little lambs when they were young, filling the mother's heart with untold joy. Little did she know that in future each of them would be fulfilling their own destiny in a crime-infested world. Raju would grow up to become Raju Sardar, head of the land mafia. Santa Sardar would be the dreaded truck drive union leader with cases of murder against him. Banta Sardar would become well known for the rape of a foreign tourist. Looking at their angelic faces, then one could never associate them with crime. Gee, Daddy, asked Simran. She appeared so naive, so innocent, with her long two plates tied tightly with ribbons, that for a moment even her father paused. Was he right in getting her married? Well, he could never find such a suitable match, and anyway, one day all daughters had to be married and sent off. Simran stared at her father and her squint became apparent. He said hurriedly, Betty, you must not stare so much. Just look down demurely and no one will be any wiser. Simran blinked on uncomprehendingly. She was always a little slow, but it had been overlooked and put down on a delightfully childish straight. Her mother, a tall, sturdy woman, explained, Your daddy has found a good boy for you. His parents will come to see you. Simran smiled coyly and thanked heaven that at last her father had decided to get her married. 
but she hung her head and rushed from the room as she had watched countless hindi film heroines doing she threw herself on the bed and was wondering which hindi film song she should burst into when amitol entered and eyed her jealously don't be so delighted gurjot is an ips officer and he has many better offers than yours simran loathed her tubby sister who was always trying to squeeze into her clothes Besides, she also performed better than her academically. Simran had managed to fail a couple of years, and thus both the sisters had been in the same class. To prevent any embarrassment, Simran's school had been changed, and later, Amitol opted to be a dentist's course, while her elder sister did a BA in some arts subject, barely passing with great marks. What is an IPS officer? She managed to lisp. Bevkov is a police officer. like the thanedar who had come to arrest daddy for selling illicit liquor no he will be much senior like narayan singh uncle to whom daddy gives monthly bribes <gasps> hey bhagwan i'll be marrying such an old man you know amitol i quite like the thanedar particularly his mustaches he was quite handsome don't you think amitol rolled her eyes in disgust Her hairy upper lip swelled out in an attempt to cover her protruding front tooth. Her head covered just the right amount with the dupatta. It would not do for the boy's side to think they were so backward. Yet on the other hand, they didn't think that the girl was too modern, which they would if she didn't cover her head at all. Simran glanced up to have a look at the prospective groom. He was too busy guzzling down the samosas to even look at her. He appeared to be devouring everything out on the plate. There were whispers her mother was saying that Simran had made everything. She was surprised. What was this? She just about knew how to make rotis and the routine dal and sabzi. The groom side took this bit of information with no change in their grim expression. Then came the point when the elders left the room so that the young ones could have a chance to talk and in the momentous 5 minutes decide whether they liked each other sufficiently to last them a lifetime. Simran was wondering whether she should sing a duet or a solo song that would be most appropriate when Gurjot cleared his throat and declared in a high pitched feminine voice, "The samosas were good." coming from a tall lanky man in his 30s who was a police officer to boot it had amitol in splits she had stayed on as a chaperone even simran who had been dismayed to begin with began laughing kya hua why are you laughing such anxious queries had them in hysterics hearing such merriment even the elders smiled and there was a look of approval as gojot's father took in the huge mansion and mentally noted all the agricultural land and cars that were put in the offer list and then i said daddy i want to vote for that man with the french beard then daddy got so upset you know because he has the opposite he was the opposition candidate daddy always votes for the congress even has the party flag on his jeep lisped simran eyeing the other woman confidently she thought she had she was very cute and innocent years of marriage and after the birth of gulia her daughter simran had metamorphosed into a socialite with her hair cut in the latest style and her english speaking classes she felt that no other officer's wife could match her 
They thought she was a fool with a villa dealer for a father, but all of them envied her impeccable clothes, her house, and last but not the least, her father's connections, mainly through donations apparently for the ruling party, which was which always paid rich dividends in the form of plump postings for Gurjot, her police officer husband. However, her passion for Hindi film songs had not died down and she had hired a band to sing the latest hit songs. The men were busy downing drinks as if there was no tomorrow. After all, not often did the host so generously offer drinks of such a large variety when he himself was a teetotaler. Their plain ugly wives were trying to nibble at the strange concoctions offered to them by uniformed waiters. Each was trying to pretend they were connoisseurs of exotic food. The dinner was held in honour of the DGP, who was ostensibly on inspection in Rikapair. The reality was that it was his farewell tour. He was retiring by the end of the month. As the night grew longer and the women became restless fighting of the mosquitoes, the tall, thin, balding wife of the DGP called out, Simran, we must hear you sing. There was a general chorus of approval and the bandmaster, his face wreathed in complacent grin, handed the mic to her. Simran simpered properly, going through the, my throat is sore, etc, etc routine, only to find the demand grow more insistent. Then the appropriate moment came. After adjusting her dupatta and with a lowered head, she broke out with Kabhi alvidana kehena. It was greeted with applause and the men trooped in the dining room led by the chubby-faced DGP. He eyed the array of dishes laid out and finding one topped with tomatoes helped himself to it, exclaiming loudly, What a lovely salad! Simran, standing at his elbow, smiled and mumbled, It's the pulao, sir. The chief's wife commented, Simran has done these western cookery courses. The air was full of praise for the lovely food and as the band struck up yet another song, the DG's car picked up speed and vanished into the night. Simran sighed, her heart content. Daddy had found her a nice husband who was caring, gentle and did as he was told. Only when he spoke, even after so many years of marriage, it still startled and irritated her. The early, the yearly increase in daddy's business shares, which accrued to her, kept her married life running smoothly. However, with the passage of time, there had been a decline in this. Amitul's marriage to an income tax officer didn't help matters. Now things had to be evenly divided between the two sisters. With her three brothers growing up, her daddy was not as benevolent as before. Gurjot was touchy, he felt slighted and forbade her to visit her father's house as frequently as she did earlier. She had begun resenting the neglect and erosion in her position of being the queen bee in the family, although she was clever enough to pretend that all was well in front of the world. However, it was difficult to even begin to tolerate Amitol's husband Manjeet. He was short and squat, with a permanently vacant expression on his face, which hid a cunning and criminal mind. Between his father and Manjeet, Amitol's husband, they tried to extract as much as they could from Sardar Sukhvinder. They calculated how much had been given to Simran's husband and multiplied it by the current inflation rate. They were offended that they were being offered only an equal amount. How dare he? 
Sardar Sukhvinder would require more help from income tax officers than from the police, wouldn't he? Amitul had rejected the man on the grounds of his looks and had despaired at her fate. It didn't help matters that Manjeet also turned around and claimed compensation for Amitul's dark complexion and demanded that her father build her a dental clinic as part of her dowry arrangements. Over the years, these feelings solidified into the deep-seated grievances and Simran contended herself with her daughter and husband. Guria grew to be an exact replica of her father, including the bushy eyebrows and the one that one just needed the turban to complete the picture. Her facial hair covered her upper lip and jaws rather generously. To meet matters worse, Guria was possessive of her incipient beard and moustache. Any attempt by her mother to get them removed would be fiercely turned down. Simran did try to point out that it would get difficult to catch a husband for her if she continued in this way with little or no effect. Gurjot had been able to send his daughter to study in the U.S. of A, thanks mainly to the income from the various business shares of his erstwhile generous father-in-law. Simran sighed a little despondently as Guria managed to find an American who actually fell in love with her because of her facial hair. Jimmy came to India and loved all the Indian rituals and could not have enough of Indian music. However, Simran was aware that her family laughed at them behind her back. Well, she couldn't really blame them. Jimmy was just five foot tall and looked as if he had just come back from cleaning some particularly filthy old garage. Jimmy, what sort of name is this? We have a mongrel at home and we call Jimmy. Simran had overheard her brother Raju's wife remark to another woman and both had burst into peals of laughter. No matter how hard they tried to suppress it, it had been public knowledge that Jimmy had no known source of income and Guria's job as a lecturer kept the home fires burning. So much so that Raju Sardar, her brother, had asked, Simran, why are you getting Guria married to that rat? We could have gotten far better matches for her. Simran had shaken her carefully dyed head sorrowfully and pleaded her business. It was obvious that Guria would rarely or ever return. She wept copious tears at the airport and consoled herself that her daughter anyway was, has to leave home and set up, set up her own home. It was the way of the world. Time had treated Simran well. She still had the girlish figure and sported skirts and jeans, while her contemporaries struggled into, to hide their bulges behind loose flowing kurtas. It was another matter that she perceived herself as an eternal teenager. There was a look of wonder and disbelief at the joint farewell party organized at the State Police Academy. Some other officers were also retiring that day and in keeping with the recent drive by the government against ostentatious display, it was a low-key affair. Only Nibupani was served and the dinner was inedible at the very least. Very few officers had turned up as most had to drive down in their own private vehicles and most were loath to part with a penny not spent on them.
the government had in its austerity drive taken away the official white ambassadors with the red lights the secretary of the association a balding man with a nervous laugh was trying to get the right degree of solemnity and sobriety into his this valedictory function he began by giving a long winded speech extolling the non-existent virtues of the retiring officers and ended lamely by declaring how these officers were going to be missed there were some polite titters and boos and catcalls at the last bit he however everyone clapped politely and someone decided to sing an appropriate hindi film song Simran found her eyes moistening and had a lump in her throat. There were some voices urging her to sing and she pro- was prepared in front of the mic. Bowing her head she began, Zindagi ek safar hai suhana. It was greeted with louder clapping and then all made a beeline for the unpalatable dinner. The lights were dim or missing and those who ventured to eat swallowed a lot of insects along with the food. The fortunate few who could didn't eat claiming they were on a fast were offered some half molten squishy looking ice creams. Simran noted that Srinivasan, Gurjot's batchmate, was slurping down the mess quite happily. He was laughing too loudly for her liking. He was driving home the point that while Gurjot had retired, he Srinivasan still had several years left and would become the DG. Simran Simran called her husband I'm feeling suffocated do something quickly the quivering feminine voice managed to convey the sense of urgency she looked at him pityingly post retirement she found him suffering from many imaginary and some real ailments the family rallied around simran and even guria came in time to see her father breathe his last jimmy had grown even more stout and bold he appeared to have grown indifferent to guria over the years while she had become the clinging vine hanging on to him for dear life oh she cried all right at her father's funeral but was restless and anxious to leave a fortnight later Simran felt chillingly lonely in the huge house her father had gifted her as part of her ongoing dowry program. She was reluctant to join her daughter in America. Her few visits when Gurjot had been alive had been disappointing. She had virtually turned into a housemaid, cleaning, cooking and doing the laundry for Guria and Jimmy. She wouldn't have minded so much had there been a grandchild, but the hope had been fiercely repressed as she discovered her daughter to be infertile what's the use of all this wealth if there are no children to enjoy it with said simran to the old ashoka tree she was used to silence it was peaceful as if the tree agreed with her however the little boy birju ram came running aunty kuch hua he appeared worried well he had reason to be simran had given up the pretense of being a teenager and her shock of white hair set on a thin pale face with squint eyes talking by herself was a sight to quell the bravest simran missed her old bahadur who had served her for years and stayed on till his son had been recruited in the police then he went back to his village in nepal promising to return soon her brother had sent this new boy but he appeared to be unhappy doing his job cleaning and maintaining this huge house was a sufficiently daunting task added 
to which was this old woman who talked to herself. Simran found sleep elusive at night and watching TV tired her eyes out. It was better to walk in the garden. Bathed in pale moonlight, the tall trees cast ominous shadows. It took her back to the era of black and white films and Simran unknowingly began singing. Aiga, 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 Aniwala, Aiga. It resounded eerily around the garden. She even found the swing swinging as if some unseen person had just left in a hurry. Well, she was pleased. It relieved her loneliness. She was planning to belt out another song when suddenly she saw a slight figure hurrying down behind the shrubs and in a swift leap, it had cleared the gate and disappeared. A sudden chill crept into the atmosphere. Who was that? For a moment, she thought it was Birju. The shrill and insistent ringing of the doorbell roused her from the uneasy sleep she had fallen into. Now, where had that Birju gone? It must be the milkman tired of waiting at the gate. She saw him turn his jeep and giving another impatient honk go back. Birju! Birju! Simran's voice was raised in irritation and anger. The door of the servant's quarter was ajar and it was evident that Birju had left her high and dry. Everyone finally leaves when one grows old, she told the kettle in the kitchen rather sorrowfully. But I have not abandoned you, my dear faithful kettle. You came to me when I got married. Gurjot loved tea. I always made it with my own hands. Unknowingly, a tear fell and splashed down her chest. Mummy ne tumhe chai pe bulaya hai. An old Hindi film song hummed itself in her brain and she picked up her kettle and began whirling around the house, much like the actress in the film. Only she managed to collide into a pillar in the dining room and collapsed in a heap with the kettle flung to the other end of the room. When she came around, it was pitch dark. The only source of illumination was the street light, which was streaming in from the open drawing room door. As she groped for the switch, she was sure she heard stealthy footsteps upstairs. Gone here, she yelled at her in her old commanding voice. Eerie silence greeted her. A mixture of fear and anger made her investigate the upstairs room. Flashes of Hindi film scenes in which the heroine is alone in the huge house unfolded in her mind. Well, they turned out to be such beautiful, innocent-looking murderesses in the end. Most of the rooms upstairs were kept closed, with dust sheets covering the furniture. They appeared menacing and unfriendly. Simran was sure that culprit was in the last room. The rolled-up carpet stacked against the wall. Was there a man inside it? Opening the cupboard cautiously, she found them just as usual filled with old suits of Gurjot. But what was that? One of them moved a little. She pounced on it with triumph, clutching it with her thin bony fingers. Something trembled inside. Closer inspection revealed a thin man, rather a boy with large eyes who was terrified he had enough reason to be. Told of an empty house with an only an old woman in it, he had entered, hoping to make a few, take a few valuables and return later for a larger foray. To be caught by what appeared an old, wrinkled, unkempt woman was too much of a shock. God, she managed to croak. 
the boy was bathed in perspiration and a wave of pity swept over her she indicated that she would go down she indicated that he should go down and she followed him switching off all the lights and closing all the doors she had been a prudent housewife all her life the boy drank up a jar of water at one go and after mopping his face said police ko mat bolna she indicated she wouldn't somehow simran did not feel any anger towards this intruder rather a sense of maternal protectiveness swept over her she sensed his hunger when she saw him eye her hungrily while she ate a sandwich desultorily simran gave him some slices of bread and washed him quickly devouring them the the broken ice paved way to a bone tera kya naam hai rahul a very modern name after many of the nowadays film heroes had such a name rahul kya rahul kumar she was getting nowhere simran was trying to place him from his name clothes but getting confused he wore the standard regulation blue jeans and t-shirt which all the young people wore they appeared a little more dirty and uncared for that was all there was a visible relaxation in the environment as she kept him asked him to make tea for her as she observed him over the rim of a cup he very deftly climbed up the kitchen kahan hai kahan ka hai dosa mata ji the fact that the intruder had referred to her as mata ji unknowingly deepened the bond times were when she would expect all the fawning orderlies to call her didi she couldn't imagine being called mim saab she had been a young girl all her life until her husband's death and family when her bahadur had left she had been didi mim saab was someone elderly grave and commanding how could she be such simran would always remain the eternal teenager however birju had called her auntie ji somehow she had never liked that boy mata ji was somehow more intimate that made rahul her son the bells on the landing clock climbed chimed musically announcing that it was 11 o'clock as she busied herself in the kitchen the boy followed her around and unobtrusively helped her out with the frugal dinner of some roti and sabzi it was apparent that both had fallen into a domestic convention and been quite comfortable about it Simran had never taken decisions in her life. She had always drifted along with her father or her husband's orders. She was feeling warm and full. It was after many days that she had felt so contented. Her head began nodding and soon she had stretched herself out on the sofa and was snoring gently. Simran got up with a jerk. Where was the thief? Wasn't she supposed to at least hand over the boy to the local thana? It was pitch dark and her As her eyes got used to the darkness she found one lamp light on and that by Rahul sitting still on a chair on a closer look it was apparent that he had also fallen off to sleep well he could have easily run off in the least or murdered her and nobody would have been the wiser a wave of sympathy for this orphan lad swept over her she had gleaned from the close questioning that her, his father had abandoned his mother early in his life and after a brief period of struggle even his mother had departed from this world he had worked as a casual help in various shops houses and taken to petty theft as well pushed around and beaten often without any known known wrong rahul had grown inured 
to the physical pain and resigned to the injustices of the world. He opened his large, thickly lashed eyes and observing the white-haired face peering into his, he sat bolt upright. She pressed him to lie down and sleep. Mataji Chai called out Rahul from the stairs. As she opened the door to let him in, the smell of the richly brewed tea wafted pleasantly to her. They had both fallen into an easy routine and it was amazing how Rahul had taken over the rest of the household duties. Simran found herself even cooking some old forgotten continental cuisine and enjoying it with Rahul. He was an adept learner and soon she was planning to help him open and run a restaurant in the neighborhood. She was sitting on the swing and enjoying the tomato soup when a silver-colored car came honking impatiently at the gate. Oh, it was her Raju Bhai. As Rahul hurried to open the gate, a tall, sturdy man stepped out impatiently. What's wrong with your phone? It goes on ringing and you never reply? Simran peered up at her brother. He was only a few years younger too, but ill-gotten wealth had given him an arrogant expression early on in life. He was the eternal bully, always expecting to his commands to be instantly obeyed. Must be out of order. She watched him stride inside and listened intently as he made a number of calls and then exclaimed, Didi, it's not possible to look after you if you are so careless. The phone is working perfectly. Then as he sipped the glass of water, he looked at Rahul and said, Who's that? A new servant. From where have you got him? She didn't tell him the truth. Rahul had, would be thrown into jail and bashed up in the bargain with a lot of false cases registered against him as well. She mumbled, Mrs. Mishra. This seemed to satisfy him. However, he asked, What happened to Bilchuram? I saw him in Mehra's house and he said that you had taken to talking to yourself. I gave him a slap for spreading such lies. Sab theek hai na? He appeared a little concerned as he found Simran with a woebegone face. She smiled at him and waved him on to his more urgent and important business that needed his attention. Rahul returned after closing the main gates and Simran gave a sigh of relief. Then they both laughed together in a conspiratorial manner. What she hadn't bargained for was the visit from her sisters-in-law. And on a day when Rahul had prepared an elaborate Chinese meal, complete with green tea. She had just begun nimbling on the starters. Sister-in-law number one bit into it with her large teeth and proclaimed, Delicious! After that, there was no stopping any of them. Sister-in-law number two, who was generally critical of everything, was smacking her lips and asking for more. The obese youngest sister-in-law was busy licking her fingers and stated in disbelieving voice, all this has been made by him, she pointed her fork in Rahul's direction. Bhabi, don't teach him too much, many, too many things, or he will run away, remarked number one, fixing her spectacles on her nose firmly. Then you will be left with no help, lowering her voice, she added. Just let him help you. Don't tell him all the secrets. Rahul standing discreetly away, pretending to have turned into a carved stone armchair. Also, she continued sort of voice, keep him frightened, tell him how you know all the top police officers in the state. You never know when they turn into thieves. A sudden crashing of glass jerked Simran into a sense of reality. Just look at that boy, he's broken two of your crystal glasses, shrieked sister-in-law number three. They have no idea how expensive these are. 
There was a chorus of accusing voices and three pair of angry eyes glittered in Rahul's direction. Rahul appeared petrified. Simran made some clacking noise and shooed him awake, picking up the larger pieces of glass. Simran breathed a sigh of relief when her overconcerned sister-in-laws departed. She was tired of their well-intentioned advice and views on thieving domestic helps. She knew that they must be busy criticizing her way of life, her trusting nature, etc. Soon enough, Gudia called up and came straight to the point. Mama, what am I hearing about you? Some new servant who rules the roost? Beta, you know how hysterical your mommy is. She always blows things out of proportion. Rahul, standing nearby, overheard the conversation. He appeared downcast. Simran said loudly, Must you always look so sad? You make it impossible for me to continue to live. Mataji, if things are difficult for you to keep me, I will leave. And go where? Get into all kinds of wrong company so that when I die, I will be comfortable knowing that I have given the right direction to a garib. She tried to be sarcastic, but the face of Raj Kapoor in Avara rose before her eyes. A man turned to thief because of his circumstances. Tears blinded her as she found Rahul clutching her feet and his chest was heaving with large sobs. An uneasy calm descended and Simran was shocked out of her wits to see a beaming Jimmy and Gudia looking grim step out of the car. After the mandatory hugs and kisses, Gudia frowned and remarked, Oh, that is Rahul. Rahul appearing with glasses of water looked properly guilty. This carried on for some days till Jimmy, unable to carry on the pretense of her caring son-in-law, burst out. Mother-in-law, are you giving away all your property to this chap? Simran appeared aghast. Who told you that? Mama, Mamiji and Mamaji told me to come and take you back with us. They said they would do the needful about selling this house and the other properties. Oh, so that was the reason that had brought them rushing here. Simran looked at her daughter intently. Guria appeared a stranger. She had never spared a thought for her mother. Now the fear of losing wealth and her had her scurrying across the seven seas. Simran nodded her head in a weary resignation. Na, na, beta, I wouldn't do such a thing. In fact, let's go to the bank and take out my old jewelry. I wanted to give it to you anyway. They departed feeling reassured. Although she heard her brother insisting that Guria extract a copy of the will from her mother. Seeing Simran, both had been startled and started talking loudly for the mundane matters. Unknown to them, they had sowed the seed of the idea of giving away her house and property to Rahul. Earlier, she had thought only vaguely in terms of monetary help in setting up his restaurant, maximum letting him put it up in the adjacent vacant plot, which was also hers. She couldn't claim any rent. Now she viewed things in an altered light. As the years flew by, Guria's annual visits were only focused on getting her to sign the relevant documents. Simran, tired and weary, wanted for the last for the time when Guria would go and her chubby grandson and the newborn baby would come and play uninhibitedly with her. Rahul had married and his children ta- treated her as their dadi. 
one particularly cold and rainy winter night with both the children snuggled next to her simran wondered about life how her father sardar sukhvinder had begun life as a thief his compulsions were greed he wanted to get rich quick then he struck gold by selling illicit liquor there was no holding looking back he diversified into construction and mines probably life had come full circle when she had thrust the papers in puja pujas rahul's wife's hand which made these children her rightful heirs the morning sun struggled to peep out of the clouds and ronit tried to shake his dadi awake he began howling as he found her head falling back unnaturally his cries brought rahul running in and in true hindi film style he shouted ma and began beating his chest